This episode of Proper English is brought to you by Hobbies and the idiom get on or off your high horse. So, what's one of the opening questions we have in reserve for new students on italki, Ali? What, to encourage them to chat, you mean, Dave? Exactly that. Hmm, well, after what do you do for a living mm-hmm. and how long have you been learning English, yep. I guess it's got to be what do you do in your spare time? That's it. And it can sometimes be a bit confusing for a new student. So we can say leisure time mm-hmm. or free time. And this got me thinking. Mm, dangerous, Dave. <laughs> anyway, it got me to thinking about how across the world we're suddenly finding that we have a bit more spare time than we did in the past. For obvious reasons. So what do we do with that time? Do people all over the world have hobbies or is it just the English? Firstly though, we should answer the question, what is a hobby? Okay, so what is a hobby, Ali? Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. <laughs> hmm? Wikipedia tells us that a hobby is a regular activity that is done for enjoyment, typically during one's leisure time, not professionally and not for pay. Blimey. That sounds like most of the things I do to occupy my spare time with. <laughs> Photography, singing, writing and reciting poetry. Come to think of it, you could even say that proper English is our hobby. Oh, I don't know about that. I prefer to think of it as a labour of love. Or dare I say it, a public service. <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> and you know, you're absolutely right. A labour of love it is. We absolutely love producing this. I can't imagine our lives without proper English, can you? No, I can't. But anyway, back to defining what a hobby is. I can tell you what a hobby isn't. What? Watching telly isn't a hobby. Neither is reading a book or listening to music. Hmm, I don't get it. Why aren't the clusters hobbies? All three are things that we do in our leisure time for enjoyment, aren't they? Well, yeah, it's open to debate. But I suppose they're more passive leisure pursuits rather than activities. Ah. Like, for instance, I would say that since you bought me some pottery classes for my birthday, I would consider pottery a hobby for me, rather than, say, reading. And you know why? No, do tell. Well, because with pottery, I make things, ah. acquire and improve the skill of making things... And I derive a great deal of personal satisfaction as a result of making these things. Ah, to me, that's a hobby. Right. Interesting. I guess I consider photography to be one of my hobbies. Mm. Taking pictures is something I very much enjoy. And I take quite a lot of pictures, as you can see, listeners, if you have Instagram in your country. My Instagram name is Bad Vibrations. All one word, lowercase. I take lots of pictures of the flora and fauna in the countryside around us. Flora and fauna? Yeah. You might have to explain that collocation to our listeners. Do you know what? I think it's actually a plural noun. Mm -hmm. And it means plants and animals. Flora equals plants, fauna equals animals. Thank you. Anyway... I'm a bit of a lazy photographer, really. I don't know much about apertures and exposure and f-stops. I let my camera do all that hard work for me. That's what technology's for, surely? I guess so. But your photos are really good. Well, that's very kind of you. I guess I'm pretty good at framing a shot. 
I really enjoy it. Your love of photography certainly makes our walks in the forest last longer. In fact, if you've got your camera around your neck, every walk is a long one. <laughs> I'm aware of this. I must admit, I've always been an ambler rather than a rambler. Having a camera with me legitimises my glacial walking pace. <laughs> and I end up with pictorial evidence of wherever we've been. So where does the word hobby come from, Dave? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ali. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a hobby horse is a child's toy horse, usually a stick with a horse's head made of wood at one end and often a wheel at the other. It was for kids to pretend riding a real horse back in the day. Way back in the day, actually, going back to the 16th and 17th centuries. And over time, to ride your hobby horse became synonymous with following your favourite pastime. Ah, and I suppose that expression itself was shortened to simply the word hobby, meaning what we understand it to mean today. Exactly. I wonder if there's any relationship between hobby and obsession. I've often wondered that myself. However, I've had a bit of a search and I don't think there's any etymological relationship. Mm, nice word. Thank you. Between the two words. A hobby is something you do for pleasure or relaxation, like gardening or rambling. Which, in case you didn't know, is walking for pleasure out in the countryside. I can't imagine anyone would become obsessed with anything so innocuous as gardening or rambling. Oh, I don't know. Remember Tetris? Oh, yeah. That video game, slotting little bricks together in a column. That's the one. I can remember playing so many games of Tetris that when I closed my eyes, all I could see was little multicoloured bricks tumbling down the screen of my eyelids. <laughs> I was the same with Candy Crush oh, at one yeah. bit. It's not an obsession, though. It's just playing too many games, isn't it? George Orwell said in his essay, England, Your England, an excerpt of which is at the very end of this podcast, that an English characteristic was the addiction to hobbies and spare time occupations. And you know what? It would appear that over the years, the source of quite a few hobbies and pastimes has been the UK. Like bird watching, for instance which I'm quite fond of. The origin of which can be traced back to Victorian England. But I've always needed a book to identify the species. These days, I use an app on my phone called iNaturalist. It's brilliant. <laughs> then there's knitting, which I love doing, but can sometimes turn into a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> Do you remember when I was knitting a jumper for one of our baby nephews for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Now I'm a bit of a slow knitter. Like I'm a bit of a slow walker. And I can remember on Christmas Day getting help <laughs> from your mum to fix the buttons on and make buttonholes and knitting furiously to finish the jumper before your brother and sister-in-law arrived for Christmas dinner. Nothing like a bit of drama at Christmas. <laughs> Oh, slightly different tack, mm -hmm. but I thought stamp collecting was an English thing originally, but apparently the first stamp collector was an Irish fella called John Bourke, who had a collection of them in the late 18th century. Mm. Do you know what? I collected stamps when I was a kid. I had first day covers the lot. Always wanted a penny black, which was the very first stamp, but I never got one. Mm, stamp collecting has kind of fallen out of favour since the invention of email and the internet and social media and all that, hasn't it? 
Well, yeah, it was bound to, wasn't it, really? Mm. Other particularly British hobbies are jam making. Oh, I love making jam. Uh, Okay, and gardening. I find gardening very therapeutic. I'm looking forward to spring. My word, is there a hobby you don't have, Dave? How about model trains? Never seen the point in them, to be honest. I love model trains. I'd love to have a model train set in the attic. Now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? You know her? You mean Judy? That's her. She's always on her eye horse, isn't she? What do you mean? You know, lecturing me about driving my diesel car and how it's bad for planet when her and her boyfriends have got three cars between them. Oh, the nerve of that woman. She always acts like she's so superior. You're not kidding. And what about Mr White? What, him at number 10? Yes, him. He's so rude when he talks to that nice lady who works in the newsagents. Oh, I've heard him. Always giving his opinion about this and that and everything. I don't know how she puts up with it. He ought to get down off of his high horse once in a while. Can you tell what we mean? Someone who's on their high horse behaves as if they know better than other people, that they are superior in some way. Yeah, we usually associate it with a moral stance that they're taking, but it can be about anything. It's about their attitude mainly. Do you ever get on your high horse, Dave? Yeah, when I can't get my own way. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Alan? Well, don't get me started on my old job. Wouldn't dream of it. Teaching young children. I'll be up on my high horse before you know it and you'll not get me down. I need a ladder. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening in on our conversation. We really do. Why not recommend us to a friend? Or a family member. Or a fellow student. It makes us so happy when we get new subscribers. We do a special happy dance, don't we, We do, yeah. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. We also love getting feedback, so why not get in touch? Ask us questions. Tell us what you want in future episodes. But how, Ali? How? Well, our email address is properenglish or one word at sapo.pt. Or you can go to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you have them. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. English. But here, it is worth noting a minor English trait which is extremely well marked, though not often commented on, and that is a love of flowers. This is one of the first things that one notices when one reaches England from abroad, especially if one is coming from southern Europe. Does it not contradict the English indifference to the arts? Not really, because it is found in people who have no aesthetic feelings whatsoever. What it does link up with, however, is another English characteristic which is so much a part of us that we barely notice it, and that is the addiction to hobbies and spare time occupations, the privateness of English life.
We are a nation of flower lovers, but also a nation of stamp collectors, pigeon fanciers, amateur carpenters, coupon snippers, darts players, crossword puzzle fans. All the culture that is most truly native centres round things which even when they are communal are not official. The pub, the football match, the back garden, the fireside and the nice cup of tea.